0: i'm back for the third for the third time amen we're starting a series called the principle and the path this is actually based on a book i read a number of years ago called you can guess the name the principle of the path uh written by a guy called annie stanley i found it very helpful back then and sort of put the sermon series together around that um principles the bible is filled with mostly three things commands blessings and then uh, commands promises and then principles what do we do with commands we obey them go and make disciples of all nations what is that it's a command what do we need to do go and make disciples of all nations and then she says and i will be with you always to the very end of the age what, what is that that is a promise that if we do that the promise is that he will be with us to the very end of the age then the bible is filled with a number of principles what are principles principles are wise sayings if you may it's someone that has experienced life and they say hey listen here's this principle that if you hold to this principle it will most probably do you well in life it's not a command it's not a promise it's a principle we obviously find a whole book in the bible on principles and that is the book of proverbs Solomon himself says of this book that he wrote right in the beginning, he says, why these Proverbs, why these principles? He says in verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 1, they'll come up on the screen. He says, it's therefore attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. It is therefore giving prudence to the simple or the immature, knowledge and discretion to the young, Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And in short, he is saying, why were the Proverbs given? Why do we have these principles? They are there to make us wiser. And as you read the Bible, and as we start unpacking this over the next couple of weeks, I think you'll see that the principle of the path is something that you'll clearly see in the Bible. So what is the principle of the path? of the path. Well let me tell you a story, N- a number of years ago I took up mountain biking and I went mountain biking into Kai Forest which is a beautiful forest in Cape Town with my brother-in-law and the idea was that there's sort of a mountain bike track or a gravel road or jeep tracks whatever you want to call it right up next to the mountainside and you can literally cycle, it's quite a hard cycle, well it depends on how fit you are, uh, but it's quite a hard cycle right to the top it can take you, depends on how the wind is blowing two hours maybe three on your fitness what have you and then the idea is that you then come down that mountain and you hit the single track and you're able to come down in 20 to 30 minutes okay so you fly down so the hard work to get up is really just to be able to come down the single track and so we went up and it was sort of quite a brutal up since neither of us were really fit but what drove us was the down being able to take the single track down and we chased down that single track Somewhere, unbeknownst to ourselves, we took a wrong turn. Four hours later, we found ourselves on a farm somewhere in Constantia. It was brutal. No food, no water, exhaustion, dehydration, and the down wasn't as fun as what we hoped for. What did I learn from the experience? Three things. One... We never meant to get lost on purpose. It just happened. Number two, we didn't know at what point we got lost. By the time we realized that we were lost, we've actually been lost for quite some time. Number three, the path that you choose and not the place that you intend to go Determines your destination, and that is the principle of the path. Your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. As obvious as this is in the world of geography, when it comes to other areas in our lives, like our spiritual life, our dating life, our marriage, our family, our work, our morality. We simply don't think that way. When it comes to those areas, somehow we think that my direction is determined by my intention. And so we say, no, my intention determines my destination, not my direction. Somehow, because I intend to grow spiritually, I will grow spiritually. Somehow, because I intend to have a great married life and a great marriage somehow because i intend that it's going to happen and somehow because i intend to have kids that would one day become disciples lo and behold one day they are just going to be disciples but unfortunately that's not what the principle of the path says the principle of the path says no 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 your direction not your intention determines your destination In the world of driving, I think this is quite obvious. If you load your car with your umbrella, your surfboard and sunscreen, and you head down the N4 to Botswana, you are not going to land in Durban. No matter, just says that explains it, no matter how many picnic baskets you've packed, no matter how ready you were for it, no matter how much you prayed about it, no matter how many friends you told this before you even left the driveway it doesn't matter what you believe and it doesn't matter which church you go to or even if you go to church or not if you take the n4 to botswana you are not going to land in durban regardless of your intention now let me say it again we understand this in the world of hiking and driving But when it comes to other areas of our lives, there is a total disconnect between intention and direction. And that is a problem. And the reason it is a problem is that the principle of the path, like gravity, is a principle that God set into place. And it applies to every area of life, whether you like it or not. Why is it so important to get this? We need to be clear on this for when things go wrong, that we know where to put the blame. Because often we choose the wrong path, and when that path takes us exactly where it was heading, we blame God. You're the one jumping down on the ice cream, the cake, and the chocolates. And when you pick up weight, you say, why God, why? Why did you not make me thin? You're the one making bad financial decisions. You live beyond your means. And when you end up stuck, you blame God. Why are you allowing me to suffer like this? Don't you love me? My guess is that God is also asking why. Why, if He didn't want to end up there, did you take the path that leads there? Why is it that we are capable of making such poor choices because somehow we think that our intentions our hopes and our dreams will trump the poor decisions that we make on a daily basis but the principle of the path says no your direction not your intention determines your destination what we're going to do here is we're going to take a look at a story in Proverbs chapter 7 that makes this picture very clear. Now, the book of Proverbs, as I said before, was written by Solomon. And in this particular chapter, in chapter 7, he still tells a story or a parable from which I believe we can learn a great deal. In this story, I'll give you some context. In this story, he is in a building. He's sitting at the upper window of the building. He's looking down at the street. And he sees a guy in the street walking a particular path and he realizes that he knows the outcome of this guy's journey although the guy does not i'm sure we've all been in that situation you see two cars are about to collide ever seen that but they don't see each other bam it happens and you could see it before they did every now and then we get a snapshot of someone's destiny where you're able to see where they are going and where they're going to end up, although they themselves cannot see it. And Solomon is having this experience with a, looking at a kid from the window, presumably a teenager. Proverbs chapter 7, let's read together from verse 6. It so will come up on the screens. We're going to unpack this Proverbs, so we'll go back and forth, back and forth. Solomon speaks. At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the simple, which means the immature, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. Now there's a biblical truth right there. Now they're playing back the tape to remember what I said. A youth that lacked judgment. When you are young... You lack judgment. I know in your heart you hate me. If, if I think back of the totally stupid things I did as a youngster, my, my brother and myself and my cousin, we would go and walk in the neighborhoods, and this was before high walls and electric fencing and everything, and we would have a bucket of water with a toilet roll. And what we'll do is we'll roll up, take toilet paper, put it in the bucket, wet it, and then we'll throw it at people's windows and we'll run. And so from house to house, house to house, we did this. We were laughing. We, and you see people peeking out and getting a fright at the window. We were having a lot of fun. And so we're walking with this bucket, laughing, laughing, laughing. And we see a car come, come along at the back. I say, ooh, I wonder if that's one of the guys that we threw the window. And uh, we, we chuck it in the bushes. And, man, the car pulls in front of us. The guy steps out with a baseball bat. He says, were you the guys that did that? We're all just... He says, "I know it's you. Get in the car, man." We all three of us, we get in the car. Uh, we first we were to discuss amongst ourselves: will we be beaten to a pulp here, or will it be in an undisclosed location? And we tried to prolong the agony, so we chose the undisclosed location. We get in the car with this total stranger in his baseball bat. He drives us to his house. He takes us into the house. As we get into the house, we just hear his wife say, "Charlie." And he puts the bat down, and he walks up to the upper room. And I say to my cousin, Should we take the bat and beat him? Someone is going to be beaten. Let it be him. And thank God, the wife was going at him. How can you pick up children from the street? How can you do this? I mean, we are sitting shivering at the bottom. He came down and with a sad little face and he said, Sorry, and he let us go. Stupid. Another time, a friend and I, he, his mom bought him a daisy gun. I don't know if you know what that is. It's sort of an air gun that shoots these little metal bullets or whatever it's made of. So we decide we want to play around with this again. We want to frighten people. So we go to, Oh, this is stupid. We we stand about around the corner, about 50 meters away from a house. This is a newly built house. The, the new owners are walking around in the house. We see them. There are no curtains and nothing. And I say, hey, why don't we shoot at the sliding door and it will sort of tick the sliding door and they'll get a huge fright. It says, sounds like a plan. So he even, he puts his <laughs> ears in his ears for the shot. This gun doesn't even make a noise. I shoot, I shoot the sliding door. It shatters. The, it's, it's a corner window. It bounces to the other sliding door. It shatters too. He's still standing like this with his his fingers in his ears. My eyes are as big as the moon. I said, "Oh my goodness, run!" We run. We get to the house. I say, "Well, what if the this is any any a teenager can do this?" So, what if the police find the bullet and they look for samples? swallow the rest of the bullets why why are young people like that is there something wrong with them no Judgment is developed through time and experience. And when you're young, you have neither of them. You obviously think you do, but you don't. Verse 8. This youngster, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house, at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of the night set in. Now, you don't have to be a biblical scholar or even read the end of the story to know where this is going. This kid is walking down the road. He is on a path towards the woman's house. In the back of his mind, he's hearing a soundtrack playing, Born to be Wild! In his mind, he is heading towards something great, an out-of-this-world experience, a night to be remembered, a night that he would talk about for the rest of his life. Meanwhile, up in the window, Solomon is watching the whole thing from a distance, and he also hears the soundtrack, but quite a different kind of soundtrack. He hears Jaws. He can see what's coming. And there's a whole huge difference between what the kid thinks is coming and what Solomon knows is coming. And the reason for the difference is that Solomon knows and understands the principle of the path. And the kid does not. The kid thinks this is just an event. Just one night. Solomon knows this is not an event. This is not just one night. It is a path. It is a path with a predictable destination. Take a look in verse 10. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the square, at every corner she lurks. She took a hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, "I have fellowship offerings at home. Today I have fulfilled my vows. In other words, I've I've been to the temple." i've made my sacrifices i've squared it off with god i've emptied my bucket of sin and i'm ready to fill it with you verse 15 i came out to meet you not just anybody you i looked for you and i have found you and he's thinking to himself man she came out looking for me man i'm so special I'm, I'm one of a kind. I'm the man of her dreams. This is so unique. This is the kind of stuff that you can only see on TV. Man, I can't wait to tell my friends. This is unbelievable. I came down this path just hoping to bump into her, and here I have her looking for me. Verse 16. She continues. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon." come let's drink deep of love till morning let's enjoy ourselves with love and he's thinking man i must be dreaming this is unreal this is absolutely perfect verse 19 my husband is not at home my guess is he was assuming that he has gone on a long journey meaning there is no hurry you don't have to just rush out in the morning he took his spurs full there with money and will be home will not be home until full moon he's going to be away a long time don't worry about him he can stay till morning if you want verse 21 with persuasive words she led him astray she seduced him with her smooth talk and he's thinking I'm a celebrity I'm walking on the red carpet with all eyes on me this is like a dream come true I cannot wait to tell my friends. But Solomon says, verse 22, all at once he followed her like an ox to the slaughter. He's hearing Born to Be Wild. Solomon is hearing Jaws music. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Have you ever seen a deer caught in a trap and how frantically? He moves when he sees the hunter coming verse 23 he continues like a bird darting into a snare little knowing it will cost him his life wait a minute Solomon you're like my mom up there in the window raining on my parade you've got this all wrong this is just a date no it's a path. No, Solomon, you got it wrong. It's just an event. No, it's not. It's a path. God is saying you're focused on what you are doing. I'm focused on where you're heading. You are focused on the immediate, the right year, right now. I'm focused on the outcome. Two very different perspectives on the same event. Then in verse twenty twenty-four, Solomon Pulls out of the narrative, and fr- till now we've just been watching. Now he pulls us into it, and he addresses you and me, verse twenty-four. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. He is saying, focus. I often with my kids, particularly one, I constantly need to say, focus. Go to bed, focus. Solomon is saying, listen to the story, and I want you to focus, verse twenty-five. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray in her paths. What do you mean her paths? How many times do I have to say it? It's just a once-off event. Verse 26. Many are the victims she has brought down. It says, I hate to break it to you, kid, but this is not a unique situation. I know where you are going. Many others have taken this exact same path. But you're thinking it can't be. It can't be. My situation must be unique. I'm not all kinds of people. I am special and she is my soulmate. Solomon is saying, listen you fool. This is a common path. A common path with a predictable outcome. And you're deceived if you think you're unique. Many are those that she has brought down. Verse twenty six Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. As dude, you're part of a crowd. Lots of people have done this, maybe not necessary with her, but the same scenario. This was written three thousand years ago. Are things any different today? Solomon is saying, listen, you go, dude, this path that you're on, he's looking, standing up the window, he's looking, he says, this path that you're on is so predictable that I can say with confidence, you are like an ox to the slaughter. You're like a deer that is going to be shot full of arrows. You're like a bird in a snare. And we're saying, how can you be so judgmental? Solomon is saying, I'm not judgmental. It's just so Predictable. It is just a predictable path with a predictable outcome. Verse 27. He continues. Her house is a highway to the grave. Leading down the chambers of death. Man, this is heavy. He says, this path, this unique thing that you go going on, this is like a four-lane highway. So many people have gone down this path. Let me tell you, dude, there's nothing special about you. My guess is that before even ending the story, most of us knew where it was going. How do we know? Because somehow it is easy to figure out when it is someone else. Complete these stories for me. You're sitting at home, the phone rings, a brother or a sister, it's her brother, calls you up and says, bro, I urgently need to talk to you. Can we please meet for coffee? Can I come over to your house? And they start the conversation like this. It was late at night. My secretary and I were alone in the office. And... Well, bro, you see, the thing is, a couple of weeks ago, I stopped reading my Bible. And... You see, what happened was, I borrowed 50,000 Rand to a friend and (laughs) he did not give it back that must have been a youth (laughs) heard this one I switched on the TV late at night and you know the outcome why We've heard these kind of stories a hundred times before. They're not unique. They're predictable. I, I've sat through the years and i with these kind of people in my home on the couch. And they start that sentence and my heart sinks and I think, I, I actually just want to say stop. I know, I know what happens. I know what happens. It's a path. It's a highway. It's a crowded path that we so often choose. Solomon is saying, brothers and sisters, we have to learn from this story. We have to realize that for us somehow, by nature, there is a disconnect between intention and direction. A disconnect that says, as long as my intentions are good and positive, it doesn't matter what path I take. Have you ever heard of said one of these things? Think about this. I want to end up with a great Christian guy who really has his act together. So I'm going to go out with whoever asks me on a date, as long as they're nice, believe in God and they may be willing to come to church. I have good intentions. I said most work out. I want our family to be a close-knit unit. I want to have a great relationship with my children right into their adult years, so I'm going to sit in front of the TV all night because I just need to relax for a couple of hours. Or I want to be a great godly husband or wife that makes godly decisions on a daily basis. So I'm going to run out of the house in the morning before I've spent time in my Bible. Somehow we think we'll be the exception. Solomon is saying you won't because the path has a predictable outcome. It's a highway. And no matter how many picnic baskets you pack, no matter how many surfboards and how much sunscreen, if you get on the N4 towards Botswana, you're not going to Durban. You can't say, I want to lose weight. I want to be thin. Supersize that. I really want to get to know God, so I'm going to get up every morning and read my newspaper. I want to be financially secure, so I'm going to get into a whole lot of debt. Buy whatever I want, when I want, because I deserve it. Great intentions, but the path that you're on will simply just not take you there. The question that we need to be asking ourselves this morning about our spiritual life, about our marriage, about our family, about our parenting, about our morality, about our finances and our dating. The path that you're on, the path that you're on, is it going to take you where you want to go? Because the amazing thing about the principle of the path is that you can choose that it can either work against you or it can work for you. Through years, the years of being a disciple, I've seen so many people make the decision to say, I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to be in my Bible and in prayer for at least an hour and I'm just going to be with God and and I'm going to go to church and there'll be days that I feel like going and there'll be days where I won't and there'll be times where it's convenient and not. But you know what? i'm gonna go and i'm gonna to stick to it and 10 20 years later they're still vibrant still full of hope and faith and god and dreams for god and his kingdom and what god can do with their lives because they took a path the path has a predictable outcome i've seen so many people make the choice and say you know my wife and i we're having a marriage night every week we're gonna make sure that we connect We're going to spend time. We're going to have special dates. We're going to write cards. And 10, 20, 30 years later, they're more in love than what they were in the day that they got married. I've seen people say, you know what? I choose my family. And instead of sitting in front of the TV, I'm going to play games with my kids. Are we going to have family night? Are we going to have family meetings? Are we going to do devotionals? Are we going to build great memories? And yes, there are things that I will not be able to do in this season of life, which is a fairly long season. 10, 20, 30 years later, those kids became disciples and they're close to their parents. They chose the uncomfortable but the right path and it worked out for them in the long run. Brothers and sisters, I want to appeal to you. Do not be fooled by your intentions. Let us take the path that will lead us to where we want to go. God bless